0: Welcome to Fiscal Therapy, the podcast where leaders in accounting share their secrets to success. I'm your host, Jodie Sitters, Community Manager for our Accounting Partners at MYOB. We chat to expert guests who will provide real-life examples of how you can build a successful practice. Welcome to Fiscal Therapy. My guest today is Richard Miller, Brand Director at Crispin Co. and founder of tech startup Potty. Richard is a brand and language architect, keynote speaker, and author of the Nine Step Brand Builder. As a self-proclaimed student of life, Richard started his first business at the age of 14. And in the last two decades has built a successful design and communications agency, created and launched an innovative tech startup, and with the backing of his team, has assisted hundreds of businesses nationally and internationally to become multi-million dollar competition crushing brands. Richard, welcome to Fiscal
1: Therapy. Thanks for having me, Jodie. That was all a mouthful, wasn't it?
0: Oh, golly, yes. I got there, I think. In the <laughs> Sorry. <year. laughs>
1: You did get there. You did extraordinarily well.
0: Thank you. So, listen. Um, welcome here today. It's Thank great you. to have you on uh, physical therapy on the pod. Um, listen, we're going to talk about all of the wonderful things that you've done since the age of fourteen. By yeah. the sound of it, it was only ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's. That's a good start. I love it. Um, so, listen. Tell me, you're writing to brands, right? Brand love and em. Branding is something yeah. that obviously you've done a lot of in uh, your, um, your lifetime. Mm. So, what is the difference? Tell me about this because it's really interesting. Mm. Between brand and branding.
1: Common misperception, right? People use the word branding all the time. And, the, and brand as well, you know, but, but knowing the difference is important. Brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. Branding is about how you represent yourself to the world. Okay, So the, the, your brand is something that carries with you no matter where you are, what you do, no matter who you're talking to. your brand, if it's strong and if it's consistent, will always be your person. your brand personality, the personality of your business, but how that's represented visually and in advertising, audibly, in radio, TV, in, in logos, in colors, in shapes, that's your branding
0: yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Now I, I, that really you know brings that home for mm. me 100 percent. So tell me um, when we talk about brands, so what what makes, and as we said before, a competition-crushing
1: yeah. brand? Yeah. Well, you see, I've got this philosophy in that if you are trying to be better, you're always going to be in competition, right? Now, I think that different is better than better, because if you're trying to be different, you don't have a competitor because they can't do what you do. So lots of businesses do the same thing. They offer the same service, the same products, but they don't all do it the same way and with the same personality and directed at the same people in the same way. People buy with the hearts, not the head. So people buy people. So being different is better than better. By definition, if you're trying to be better, you've always got a competitor.
0: I love that. So, that's the difference between competition crushing. Yeah. So, you're actually taking out the competition and just going, this is me. You I'm effectively doing don't this have way.
1: competition. Yeah. yeah. I do yeah. like that. I yeah. do
0: like that. So, how do people go about doing that?
1: Well, it's it's a process. Um, but the, the, the old sort of adage is, you know, find your USP, find your unique selling proposition. Everyone out there would have heard that term. And it's commonly thrown around USP unique selling proposition point of difference all that stuff it is it is that though in in a nutshell it's essentially finding what is different and unique about your business but I think that the mistake many companies make is that they, they go about that in a reasonably superficial way and they come up with words that just sound good. You've got to live that, though. You know, You've got to figure out what is your genuine mission and your genuine vision. Why are you doing this? Why are you in business? We can all go out and earn money by digging holes in the road. So we're not in it to make money. We're doing it for a bigger purpose. And when you know your bigger purpose and you can actually put that into a language that your target audience really resonates with, they will see you as being one of them. They will want to join your tribe. So to be different and to be tailored and targeted to the people that you want to work with is how you become a competition-crushing brand.
0: I like that joining the tribe mm. like wanting to join your tribe. And also I, I sort of hear the in the background passion. I think that's a oh. sort of thing that oozes into something like that like when you start talking and really meaning what you're doing in your work. Yes. I think passion is a good word to describe Absolutely. And it, and, it,
1: well. and it's passion's an overused word as well, but you know, I even say to people when they're looking at starting their own podcast for example, um if you talk about something that you love and you talk about something you're passionate about, you'll never run out of subjects. You'll never run out of things to say. Yeah. It comes from the heart. People shouldn't need notes to do a keynote presentation if you do if you're talking about something you love and something that you know it will come naturally and brand should come naturally
0: and your eyes light up Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like that's something that interests you. Your eyes light up. Yes, and you absolutely. Just go, bang! I'm yeah. onto this. I yes. love it. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That's really good. So um, we're talking about also like the language of brand, mm. like, and you've also already dipped your toe in the water there, and we mm. have. But tell us more about what that what that sounds like and what that means sure. brand language.
1: Yeah, um, I'm on a bit of a crusade, Jody, at the moment, um, and I'm and I'm on a crusade to bring back real chat. Right, that, that's chat. my crusade. Bring back real chat. How many times do you hear someone? We just went, we were just downstairs before this getting a coffee, right? Yeah. How many times would you hear someone say to the barista, Oh, thanks, legend. Thanks, legend. When he's thanks passed, for that, mate. Right, when he, yep. but, but legend, though. Legend. Right? Yep. He's passed the coffee to you and you say, Thanks, legend. Someone said it to me the other day. I, I can't remember what it was I did. I did something really basic for them and they said, Oh, you're a legend. No, I'm not. Right? <laughs> Pele is a legend. Freddie Mercury is a legend, right? People people who have been absolute icons of their time and their craft. They're legends. But we've started using these big, strong, powerful words to thank a barista for passing his passing us the coffee which he's just made. Now that it, it becomes then disingenuous. A bit diluted. Very diluted. Yes. Yep. Yep. And com- companies are using big, powerful words in such a, 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 a an out-of-context manner. Mm. And so being authentic with your language is critically important because people won't trust you if you're not. Consistency in your language. Um, it, it, Sometimes people uh, write websites and then someone else writes social media posts and then you've got sales reps on the road talking to clients. Everyone's talking a different language so then yeah. you, you and in a different style in a different way businesses have to have their own unique personality and every single medium and every single person within that business has to reflect that in the language that they use to describe it
0: oh my gosh I love that actually I can see I've seen that in so many different ways mm. in so many areas in so many particularly in large business I think too yes but yeah that's a really great way of describing it that mm. brand language mm. so um, what is what, what it, why is understanding like brand important? And we're talking about particularly today, mm. accounting practices, yep. because obviously, we've got a lot of guys out there or ladies as well, yes. listening to us. Um, people. And people. <laughs> <that's> exactly. <laughs> they, them. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, people that are listening to um, us about practices in particular. So why why is understanding brand really important for them?
1: I think the reason why it's more important, particularly for professional service organizations like accounting and law, is with respect, it's traditionally a reasonably dry industry. Okay, So it's fairly pragmatic, it's fact-based. But it's no different to any other business when it comes to someone choosing to work with you. So if every accounting practice does pretty much the same job, which let's be honest, they do, um, you know, the, the, the services that accountants offer are pretty much the same. You're a tax accountant or you're a whatever. Yep. How, does, how does a potential client choose who to work with? And if it's not based on the language that you use to describe how you go about your business or why you're in business or why you would jibe with that person, an accountant is a trusted resource like your lawyer. You know, I want to be able to trust my accountant with the most important thing that's going to keep me going in business, my money. So how do I I choose that person? How do I choose that accounting firm? You know, you're all going to do the same thing jobs wise, but I need to feel, and that's the key. I need to feel like I can trust you.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I mean, just thinking about that imagine if someone like elon musk mm. right i mean maybe you don't want him as a client but <laughs> if he got into the elevator and asked what you did yeah. can you tell him in an exciting way yeah. about accounting so that when he, by the time he walked out the elevator he wants you as as you know a, he wants to be your client exactly right like, so you know he, you've got him excited you just haven't said yeah. oh i do tax returns yes i actually do something that really means something and i love it and you can see it and i want to work with you yeah exactly you know, that sort of stuff yeah.
1: exactly right and, and And it's about selling the benefit of your business, not the feature. You know, Mm -hmm. tax accounting is a feature. A benefit is saving someone tax. That's a benefit. So, um, you know, I want to know what you're going to do for me, not what you're going to do for me.
0: Yeah, Oh, there you go. There's a little yeah. bit of uh, change in the, yeah. in the way that you said that. It yeah. Yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. So, um, so we've sort of talked about the benefit mm. um, for like, the clients, say, yes. to know about your branding. But what's the benefit for the practice? Like, what does that bring to, them, to the table for them?
1: Simplicity, harmony, team uh, uh, cohesiveness. Um, when we write our uh, brand language document and our brand architecture, it helps the team come together as one. Um, we, we did a, a, a brand architecture and brand language um, uh, project for an accountant here in Adelaide. Um, I'll I'm, I'm name them but the Pisani Group. Now, Stephen Pisani had a, a long standing practice in Port Piri um, and very respected in Port Piri. He had probably most of the market up there. It's not a big place, but he had most of the market. He brought his firm down to the city uh, and opened a second office. Um, now his brand was was aged the The business yeah. had been going for over twenty years. Uh, the branding was aged. Uh, but when the team expanded, and now we've got two different locations um, and two very different markets, by the way, we've got to still talk the same brand language and people have to that the internal team have to resonate with the purpose of the business so when we wrote his brand architecture we started with the mission and the vision and the insight into where the business had come from and then we started to work on who the target markets are and what brand promise we're going to 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 deliver to them Um, and we created a new strap line which was accountably different and we created new branding Um, and we actually went and presented this whole thing and we brought all the staff on the journey to 2030 staff or whatever that we went up to Port Piri we presented all this to them because buy-in is critical with this stuff. Because if everyone's going to live and breathe the brand, which they should, then they all need to come along on the journey. And they did. Um, so the the the, the brand and the branding externally is kind of obvious, but what's less obvious is how it affects the team internally. And Stephen since has spent a lot of time and a lot of money on a well-being consultant and he brings his team in on very, very cohesive team exercise stuff. And all of that stemmed from this rebrand because yeah. it, it gave the business a fresh new lease of life and everyone became now part of this new venture, you know, this new endeavor.
0: That, that is a good story. I love mm. that. And it's really just, I mean, the benefits are obviously you can talk to your clients about the way that you yeah. are in the practice, mm. um, and also you can talk to your staff about the way that everyone is in the practice. Yeah. and it also helps with, I suppose, staff engagement and retention, it and does. also attracting talent, which is what we're looking for in in the industry at the moment. Absolutely, uh, I think too, so. everyone
1: wants to work for a cool brand. Right? Yeah, there's a exactly. reason why people are knocking on the door of Google and Apple. Right, yeah. it's a cool brand. You want to work for a cool. You want to be able to go to a family barbecue and say, "I work for them," and people say, "I've heard of them." Yeah, I've heard of them. Um, and so, you know, you're right. Staff attraction is is definitely a massive component as well. Um, and staff retention. But yeah, it's it. And, and in addition to that, once we've written this language, we give everyone a pitch. So, you know, mm. if you are at that family barbecue or you're at a networking event or someone asks what you do, everyone's got the same pitch. I mean, we, we get them to sort of put their own personality to it. But the structure of the pitch is, is uh, you know, it's your, your elevator pitch that you just, the Elon Musk example, yeah. everyone would say something very, very similar.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. that. That's that's a, that's a consistency yes. getting the message across and repeating as we said sometimes you know messages do need to re- be repeated sometimes for to actually really get absorbed and yep. I think that's a really good example of that going from the receptionist right through to you know the young staff members that yes. you might meet in the practice right through to the partners and associates you know going right through. So Absolutely. they're all talking the same language. It's pretty cool. All part of the same team. Yeah, I love it. Um so We've also talked about, I mean, we've talked about practice and this is a very important part of today, mm. but, I mean, you've also talked to lots of different practices. You, mm. you had an example of one today. Yep. What sort of uh, problems or challenges do you see that they're facing mm. at the moment?
1: Well, I think you've I- identified one of them, it's staff. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, bringing good people on board is is getting harder and harder now. Um, so staff uh, attraction and not, I mean, if you're doing your job right, staff retention is an internal issue, but staff attraction, they don't know you unless they know you, you know, either either you get a recommendation or they, they, they see your business and they see that you're doing good things, but getting good staff is, they're there, it's just that they're working for other people. Yeah. Right. So how how do we get them to come and work for you?
0: Recognize you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, I mean, I think stress is a big thing. Yeah. And like what you were talking about too is like that consistency through the practice and the message and the North Star that you've developed through that branding component. I think it's really important too when you're finding, you know, find you know, like there's a lot of stress going on and, and decision making yeah. and trying to work through all the different components. I think that's a really good thing as well to have.
1: It is. And do you know what, Jodie I've heard you on some of your other podcasts talk to accountants about what's important to them and you've Said a lot and they've said a lot about wanting to get into the real juicy stuff with their clients you know what wanting to do the creative stuff with the clients and not really having the time or the energy to do the mundane crap that you know you have to do as part of being a business getting this stuff right saves you so much time and energy because it has to be done um so do it right and then you'd have to worry about it again yeah. you, you know it, it's there it's consistent consistency builds trust and if, if a business is inconsistent, then you don't have the trust of the client or the, or the potential employee.
0: Yeah, I think it leads into, um, with branding and all the types of things The work, the groundwork that you do, yep. it, it leads into your service design, so yes. then you can go through, you know, you know what you want to provide your clients, mm. you know you know what you need, so you can even start branching out into, you know, software um, solutions and types of things that actually drive efficiencies and things like yep. that if, in your practice, because you know where you want to go.
1: That's right. And yeah. when you do that, and you start to introduce new products and services to your brand, that's where the architecture is really important because it's quite often um, uh, you look at someone's website and it can be confusing. You know, different yeah. brand names, different product names, different colors, logos, etc. for different things. Um, when all that comes together and we, we do this kind of an org chart style thing for uh, the brand architecture is you understand where each of those products and services fit within the master brand. So that the master brand retains its personality and those products and services that you introduce later, which you can do, you can bolt on if you've got a strong and open brand, is they can bolt on and, and fit, yeah, right? Not, not, not look like a bolt on.
0: That's great. I yeah. love what you're saying there and mm-hmm. it sort of leads into scalability, right? Absolutely. So Ab- it, 100%. <laughs> yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're talking the same. We are. <laughs> we talking the same language, I think, here. It's great. I love it. Um, so, yeah, we, we've talked about a few of the challenges that practice face mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that groundwork can really take you know the, the the practice into the right direction yes. with solving some of those issues. Mm. Um, so working with clients in mm. practice and doing you know going out and you've talked about um, one one in particular that you've been out and actually done some work with. Yes. Um, and but I really do want to hear more about the impact because impact's an important word, right? Yeah. We want yeah. the end result, you know, the what happens at the end of um, the work that you do with your clients. Yes. How does it impact them?
1: Yeah. Well I mean obviously everyone's looking for bottom line. You know, everyone wants more profit, more profit, more profit. Um, one great example of that is, uh, and it, and it's, it wasn't a, an accounting practice, it was actually a retailer, but it is a, it's a good example. This particular retailer was on sale all the time. They'd be doing seven, eight sales a year. Okay.
0: Trying to get rid of their stock.
1: Yes. Yeah. But, but I think they, because the retailers, it's that adrenaline shot in the arm, you know, you you, yeah. you, put, you go on sale and everyone comes in to buy your stuff. Um, the the problem with that though is that you're never on sale because people expect you to be on sale, so they wait for you to be on sale, and then when you're not on sale, they're not buying your stuff, right? So it's a bit of a, a catch twenty two situation. Now I convinced them that the brand was strong enough; they've been going fifty odd years, men's retailer, menswear retailer. Uh, the, the brand is strong enough to drop the amount of sales that they do, and I gradually peeled them back, and we eventually did four sales a year. Now this is just post pandemic, and, and and it was in in the city. Rundle Mall was quiet. Now the, the turnover dropped and there was a period of time where the the, the the bottom line suffered very slightly, very slightly. But after a really short period, and I'm talking a couple of months, gross profit lifted. Right? So they had less foot traffic, but GP lifted. So less foot traffic means less staff. More customers buying stuff at full price means more profit. So the bottom line of the company actually increased by doing less sales and therefore needing to do less advertising.
0: Yeah. That, that makes sense. Mm. It takes a bit of guts yep. to sort of take the step and, and make the changes. Changes yep. are always difficult. But, I mean, sometimes you need to address that and really bring things back to where they need to be. Yeah, but when, you, when, when you're, you're telling
1: the story of your brand and you're explaining to people why you're a good fit for them, you don't need to do silly offers. Yeah. You don't. You can just uh, you, be authentic You, you can be, you do. Yeah, That's yeah. right. And people don't. will work with you because they want to, not because they, you're on sale.
0: I love it. That's mm. a, that's a good that's a good story about mm. impact. I think that's great. So, um, look, we've had a really good chat, haven't uh, we? I know it's been great. Thank you very much. And uh, but like always, <laughs> we do have a little question that I always ask mm. uh, my guys that come up, my people, I yes. should say. Sorry, everyone um, that come on the pod. Um, and I'd ask you first, Richard, take a deep breath. Relax, okay, like just take a sleep lie back down on your virtual couch. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: fall asleep
0: in Yeah, that's right. And I'm gonna give you a bit of physical therapy. Um so but I'm gonna ask you a question. I think it's really important. Um mm. and everyone has sort of given me a different answer, so it's been really fun yes. to listen to. What is your sweet secret to your success?
1: I've thought about this one. Okay. Because I've listened to you yeah. in the past. Um Look, I've I've probably not got one silver bullet, but I did acknowledge a fair while ago that I can't do everything. Mm. And um, I'm I'm a high energy kind of guy and I want to do all of the things all the time and really quickly. But what I did recognize was that I've got certain skill sets and there's certain skill sets that I don't have. And so recruiting people around me that could fill the gap that I couldn't fulfill is the best decision I've ever made. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative guy. I'm a um, words and colors guy. And you, your listeners will hate me saying this, but they'll love it in, in a different kind of way. I hate numbers. <laughs> I, but need <laughs> an <that's>, accountant. <laughs> Yeah, but, but that's why I employ a good accountant. And that's why I employ a good bookkeeper. Um, and it's why I say to both of them, unless I'm going bankrupt, don't talk to me. <laughs> because I want to focus on what I do well. And acknowledging that, and I'm also really good at the ideas and, and coming up with cool stuff. But then when it comes down to execution, I need people around me to help with that because process is not my thing. So I think that in a nutshell, it is acknowledge, your, you know, celebrate your strengths and acknowledge your weaknesses and then make sure you fill around those. And I guess um, a, a second one, which is fairly obvious because I've had to face this myself a lot and particularly recently is don't give up
0: don't give up Mm. yeah that's it oh my gosh yeah that's Mm. that's making me feel funny okay no that's great and um i mean having the right people around Mm. you yeah acknowledging that you aren't One, it can't be everything for everyone Mm. i think that's really good advice yes and um yeah stick to it i think richard just keep going yeah keep going don't (laughs) give up don't give up exactly hey if people want to get in touch with you how do they do that
1: well, yes, you can um, get me through the website, of course, Jody, and uh, that's at uh, crispand.co, C-R-I-S-P-A-N-D dot C-O. And of course, there's uh, LinkedIn. Uh, look me up through LinkedIn. I'd love to connect. If you go to the website, by the way, the Crisp and Co website, there is on there the, the nine-step brand builder. You can download that, and it will certainly... Give your listeners a heads up on how to build the perfect run through that. That's the nine step round builder.
0: Thanks for being on Fiscal Therapy oh, today. it's a pleasure
1: being here. Thank you.
0: It's been a really fun time having a chat to you. Yes. I always love catching up with you. Yes. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, Jodie. Thanks, Richard. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Fiscal Therapy with Jodie Sitters, powered by MYOB. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and I look forward to sharing more physical therapy with you next time.